1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week. We have Pastor Jamie Bates here, and we're so excited to get to talk to her again about all the things. So welcome, Jamie.
2: Thank you for having me, my favorite sisters. <laughs> so fun. Fun. Always yes.
1: making us feel good. <laughs> well, as I had said kind of before, I'd love to just jump into, I don't know if you have a specific passage where we could walk through um, kind of how you read the Bible, but I think it's really yeah. powerful. To have a plan when you go and read the bible sometimes it's great just to open and read a verse too but um it's really helped me understand the whole story of the bible as well yes after learning from you so yeah thank you for sure
2: i um, let me think i could do a passage do you want me to kind of go through like my study methods yeah that's kind of what i did at the conference you you talked about oh yeah yeah. okay great you got it. All right. Well, normally I my background with the Bible is um, complicated. <laughs> yeah, I'd love because it's so. I was I grew up Christian, so I grew, I got my first Bible at, you know whatever dedication as a baby, <laughs> and yeah. throughout my like teens and twenties, it was just so daunting you know, and mm-hmm. it's just what is happening in these stories. There are so many wacky things going on, you know, um, and then Jesus shows up and makes everything better. But then Leviticus, like people are dying and does mm-hmm. God hate everybody or does he love everybody? Which mm-hmm. one is it? You know, And <laughs> there were all these things that were just so intimidating that I really stayed away from it because I didn't, I didn't want to be I don't know even know how to say it except for maybe like disappointed in God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. you guys get it. You get me. Yeah. Um and I just didn't I didn't want to I just didn't want to dive in because it would intimidate me and I thought that I would find some things out about God that I didn't love, but yeah. I believe in him and so then I was going to have to like be okay with it. And so I just went for years and years and I never really was um that committed to it. Other than, you know, the Psalms and Proverbs here and there, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, yeah. and John, my favorite voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, just like random reading, I, I just would do it. And, you know, Psalms were encouraging. But I didn't realize how rich the Bible was. And I had no idea what could be found in the Bible. And so I just thought it was just these wacky stories. And about this person God that I'm supposed to like, that seems really freaky. <laughs> yeah. And so I would just go to the encouraging verses and get a little, you know, get my technical quote unquote Bible reading in and then, you know, go about my day thinking that that's what the Bible was, but how it was supposed to be read. And then mm-hmm. I went through some real faith crises <laughs> in my late, late 20s. And mm-hmm. I just had a lot of things happen circumstantially that caused me, well, you girls have been through this, you know, you know, like when circumstances throw life at you and you have no idea what to (laughs) think about it or how to handle it or how to like question it. And so my husband was like, why don't you just start digging in? I'm a real cerebral person. I'm a heady person. I like information. Like I just listened to this podcast about like two hour podcast on the ocean. (laughs) Oh, you know, wow. I, mean, I just, I just like wait, maybe s- that's silly why we're information. Hearing ocean noises, <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. I brought it with me. Is it on? Yeah. My, <laughs> is it on my <laughs> So I just like information, and so my husband's like, "Why don't you just like? I think you really like enjoy Bible study, and why don't you go to the Bible to answer some of these faith questions I was having." Yeah. And so I did. And it just broke my whole world wide open. And I started learning that, you know, it was written by 1400 people, three different languages, 40 different countries. um, And from all different backgrounds, the writers of the Bible, and there's all one, it's all one consistent theme. So the weird things in Leviticus speak to the future things coming, you know, or like this strange building that God told them to build in Exodus all pointed to the future redeemer that was coming 2000 years later. And so I started to see it as one big narrative that all fits together. Versus like, pick here, pick here, pick here, you know? And then like, I'll do like, like a John three sixteen for this day. And then I'll do like a, you know, John 10, 10 for this day. Instead, it was like, oh no, there's a whole story going on here. And so in order to really understand what's going on in some of these stories, I started to learn how to study the Bible. So I don't know if you guys have any mm-hmm. like experience or thoughts with that. I can get into the details on how to, but.
0: No, I feel like my experience is really similar to you, just having grown up from a young age, knowing God and who he was, I just relate a lot to everything that you said. And it wasn't until later in my life at like you, where I think I bought one of those like one year Bibles that has it written supposedly in chronological order or whatever. So that really helped me. Um, and ever since then, I've been able to kind of change my mindset around it as well. So yeah, everything you're saying is super relatable. Yeah. That's so I love the chronological. Yeah. yeah. I need helpful. to go back to it actually. Yeah. I, it's so I, helpful. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think for me, it's pretty similar to what you were talking about, and then the like where people would talk about like go to the Bible and like God will speak to you. That always like yeah. really confused me. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I was like, that's not happening for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> but once I really, I don't know how else to explain it. And maybe it sounds to somebody listening, like that still doesn't make sense. But once I understood the full story and how the old Testament like really prophesied So much of the New Testament and just all more of the stories. And then, and then once I read it after that, I did feel it speaking to me and speaking right into a situation I was in. And I don't know why the difference makes such a
2: difference, but it did for me. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Same. I think I just like the deep hidden things you know and mm-hmm. so I think it's great to go to the Bible for like a rhema word you know just like a quick pick me up you know I think the Bible always works if we work it I always say that you know mm-hmm. so if yeah. I'm stressed out with my kids at home and I'm rushing through the day and I just throw up my open my Bible like and I get to this verse where it's like you know God is you know my defender or God is the rock that I stand on and the lifter of my head and then it all works you know it works it's mm-hmm. live yes. and it's active it says in Hebrews so I never want to poo-poo people who don't have the time to learn Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't yes. know Greek and Hebrew. I wish I had the time to learn Greek and Hebrew. That would be like, amazing. <laughs> yes. I listen to this one Bible guy and he'll translate it. He'll read it in Hebrew and he'll translate it in because he-, he reads Hebrew and Greek. And so it's yeah. like, I'm so jealous all the time of that. And I think the Bible would be so much easier to understand and people wouldn't weaponize it as much if we actually read it in the al- original languages as yes. they meant it. You know, so and I just can get so frustrated with people who weaponize it and use it out of context at times, you know. And so I think Mm -hmm. when I started to learn how to study, the most important thing that has shaped my Bible study is when I realized that the Bible was written for me but not to me. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, no, the Bible is for me but it was not to me. And so God's word to me was first his word to me. To them. And so when I read it as a white, middle class, 21st century American woman, I'm not, I'm reading it from my cultural context. But in order to really understand what it really meant, I first have to understand what it meant to them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And know. so I, like, really started to realize, like, I need, like, some context around these things that I'm reading. So – and then the different books of the Bible, there's, like, narratives, and then there's, like, poetry books. And Genesis, for example, was written to illiterate slaves wandering in the wilderness. Mm. And so if I read Genesis as a 21st century person who's impacted highly by science, you know, <laughs> in, yeah. in this yeah. day and age – I can't read it. How many times have we read Genesis and been like, God, we could have used some. He gives us 40 chapters on the tabernacle and two on how he created the world. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what is happening here? Like, we all could have used some more, like, details on those seven technical days, right? <laughs> and yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's so frustrating. But then it's like, no, it's frustrating because I'm reading it through my lens. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever I no. teach the Bible, I'm always like, okay, if we're reading Genesis, we are now illiterate Hebrew slaves who just escaped captivity t- and are wandering in the wilderness who have a brand new God that we're trying to figure out. And so I always tell my Bible classes, like, we're tonight we're Timothy, <laughs> right? Today we're Lord. Samson. <laughs> Today yeah. Yeah. We're, we're the people it was written to. Many of the Psalms were written to people in captivity. The Gospels were written yeah. to persecuted Christians. The Gospel of Mark includes details that the other gospels don't because it was written to Christians persecuted in Rome and who were being fed to wild beasts. And so there's just, it's so much richer. So I'm not saying that you can't like read it and take something really amazing, but as we, as we learn to dig, oh my gosh, it just like comes alive. For example, Mark makes very little mention of Satan in the, I'm trying to think the temptation story. I think it's, I think it's Mark. I, I can't even remember it all now. But because the the Christians were already freaking out about Satan and everything that was happening to them. But he yeah. did say that Jesus, Jesus was among wild beasts. Well, that would have been important because they were getting – killed by wild beasts and so there's just these really cool little stories like the book of mark two has this hilarious passage the bible is so funny like it's so quirky and it (laughs) talks about this guy in the in the (laughs) garden of in the garden of gethsemane there's mark is telling the story mark wasn't a disciple he was like a little intern boy he was like a young kid who like wanted to like looked up to the disciples, right? When Jesus was on the earth. And so he would follow them around and people think that they had the last supper at Mark's house. And so Mark is writing the book. Well, they were all being hunted. The gospel writers were being hunted and killed when they wrote the gospels 40 years after Jesus died by Nero. And so Mark signs his book with this hilarious little story about a naked boy (laughs) fleeing. Do you know this part? In the Garden of Gethsemane. So in the book of Mark... There's a story randomly plucked into the plucked into the story where and then this young boy fled naked or got his linen I'm robe. To go read rubbed, this. Right? It's so hilarious. But it's like, and this is my favorite thing about I I ask I cannot even read the Bible at night. I have to watch sitcoms at night because I'll I'll get my brain will start going. Because yeah. I bring so many questions to the text. Yeah. Like so well, many I was questions and about I just yes. ask you like how and maybe you're gonna get here.
0: So but for my like literal brain, I'm like, yep. okay, so how do we take something like that? And how do you, what do you do in your brain to apply it to
2: like, okay, what is the message for us for then? me? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Her, the hermeneutics of it all. Yep. 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 Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's always the last phase for me. And so, okay. so I always dig as deep as I can and then I'll do the application. Like what was, what was this word for, what is this word for me? Right. Like there's this wild story in Exodus four where God tries to kill Moses. And, yeah. or it says that God is trying to kill Moses after he had called him to go back to Egypt. And it's just yeah. bizarre. And we read the Bible like, that's okay. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. what's going on here? Like, I'm just such a question. I think God like thinks my questions are adorable. And I ask a thousand <laughs> of them, right? <laughs> so I'm like, God, what the heck? Like, what? You're trying to kill the guy you just called? Like, some of us feel like that all the time too. God, are you trying to kill me out here? Um, yeah. But the story is so rich and deep in meaning. I can't, it would take me. I can't even get into it. It's all like crazy. Moses' wife circumcises his son, his Gentile wife circumcises his son, puts the blood on Moses' body, and God passes him by. So it's just Hmm. the most weird story. Well, it's there's a, you can you can look it up for yourself. It's very cool. It's the most amazing story to study. But Exodus, so four. I'm always like okay. Exodus four, yeah. But I'm just okay. always like, okay, like instead of just being like, oh yeah, that's normal that God to try and kill somebody. No, let's mm-hmm. let's figure it out. Like I'm just so inquisitive, and I think that's what I has helped me the best. Besides knowing the Bible was written for me, not to me, that and then I just bring so many questions to the text.
1: And then where do you find your answers usually? Okay,
2: yes. I'll give. You, <laughs> can I give you a list? I'll give you a list at yeah. the end here. I'll okay. pull them up because I'm going to have to find them. Yeah, because you got to be careful about that too. I, so I'll give you some really, su- what I, I in my opinion, are really solid resources as well. But, and then I think just knowing when we come to the Bible that we bring to it all that we are. And so we bring our culture to it, right? We bring our gender to it. Like women being called a helpmate back then is not what it means to us now. You know, mm-hmm, it sounds mm-hmm. demeaning now. <laughs> It sounds right. misogynistic now. It didn't mean it then, and so we bring our prejudices to it, and that's people who weaponize it. You know, KKK uses the Bible, yeah. which is awful. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we bring our word meanings to it. Like Paul in First Timothy, I think, too. He says, "I do not permit a woman to teach mm-hmm. or have authority over a man. She must be quiet." So I'm always I, – I, so in my Bible classes, I'm like, so what am I doing up here? <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Right. If Paul says – I teach all the time. I'm like, so why are we – are we disobeying the Bible or do we need to unpack it and go back mm-hmm. into what our words for teach and authority meant? And if you look at it, the word that Paul uses here, he only uses it – this word one time. And it's specifically to a woman that was causing trouble in that church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because – because two chapters later he's like when women preach and pr- when we- when women pray and prophesy do this so i'm like so they can pray and prophesy out loud. So it's just Mm -hmm. digging out all And that's why I think some people don't like the Bible or they always call Paul a woman hater. I'm like, Paul loved his ladies. Like women got Paul through his missionary journeys. Like women were everything to him. Like he sent letters with women. He affirms more women in Romans than men. I mean, but people just are like, Paul hates women. Paul hates women. No, he really doesn't. We just bring to the text what we think it's saying. And that's the power of Bible study. And so we have to read it without assuming that we know what it's going to say. And that that's the challenge.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I just love you. I'm like, can you just be, just teleport to me every day and just read read the Bible with me so that you can interpret? (laughs) Because I feel like I'm lacking, I don't just personality differences, I guess, but the Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm very literal, and so mm-hmm. I think I'm lacking a bit in the curiosity. Like my, some, I don't think my brain even, even Megan, when we were doing the Bible study Seamless um, <laughs> by Angie Smith, it's like there was questions in there that my brain would just never have thought of. And I guess yeah. to your point, yeah. that's why Bible study is important, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so.
2: yeah, I think so. Yeah, and yeah. like, do and you think I have a like, yeah. real life example that you can give? Like, totally. Like a story, because I'm just like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do. Pretend okay, we're
1: th- babies. I'm just trying just to think. Like, <laughs> pretend a good I'm one. Yeah. five.
2: <laughs> you guys are so great. <laughs> okay, let me think of a good one. I let's say I'm reading the Book of Lazarus. <laughs> the Book of Lazarus. <laughs> there is no Book of Lazarus. Let's say I'm reading. I think it's John 11. Yeah, it's John 11. And okay. um, and I'm reading the story of Lazarus. And this is what I would kind of do as I'm reading. I I usually. Um, I go now, in the beginning, I would go by like, you can study like books, you can study characters, you can study like topics, you know, so mm-hmm. like women in ministry, you could study the book of Psalms, you could study the character of Samson, I've done deep, deep studies on Samson, I love him, love Samson so much. So you it's always kind of like what you're feeling led to to study, you know? So there was this time in life where I was just really led to Lazarus by a question I asked. Because when you read the story, Lazarus is really Lazarus and his sister Mary and Martha, they were really close with Jesus. They were tight. They were like his second family, kind of. She, their home was like his safe home, right? Like, you know, those people you have in your life where you can like just go into their house and they, you know. Their home is your home. That's what their relationship was like with Jesus. And so as I'm reading this, the this story just randomly one day and just bringing questions to it, I read that Mary and Martha send a letter to Jesus who um, wasn't that far away from them. Jesus was ministering in another city. And it says that they send this letter to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, the one that you love is sick. And Jesus, this is it's so wild what happens. Jesus says, the Bible says Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two days longer where he was. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I'm like, what? Like, this is not an immediate miracle that Dustin was talking about on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. This is confusing. Like, Jesus, these were like Jesus's people. Like, these are his people. These aren't even just random strangers. This isn't like the woman at the well or the woman caught in adultery or, you know. This is like his people. And he delays. And so my brain just goes, something doesn't sound like Jesus here. Like, what's going on? And so I start to, like, dig into it. And so Mm -hmm. usually I'll study, like, the. so if I'm studying a story like this, I dig into all of the characters in it. And I find other places in the Bible where they, they relate, so I can kind of build a movie in my head around this story. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the way that I do that is I use blueletterbible.org. blueletterbible.org. And they have, they have different, like, training. You can, like, do YouTube training on it because it would be too much to go into right now. But you can do yeah. everything there from cross-reference every time Jesus, Mary, and Martha are together to reading what actual Greek words meant back then, that sort of thing. You can do everything on this website. It's an amazing website. And so I will go and I will just kind of c- construct the story of, okay, so what was their relationship like? And then I ask the question, why did he delay? Like, why did he do it? And so, my process for study after I kind of figure out all of the all of the relationships in the story, this is when I go to like the first part, which is observation. I call it observation, and this this part of study means what is the text saying? So this is before I start to build my own ideas, Mm -hmm. and this is just what exactly is it saying? Who is speaking? Who is this about? who are the main characters, what's happening, what's wrong, (laughs) where did it happen in this day of Jesus, what else happened in this day of Jesus. I call it reading and ransacking the text. So when I pick a story, I obsess over it. I had a Bible person one time teach, and she goes, when I was studying Nehemiah, I went into restaurants, and I literally would like picture Nehemiah in a chair. (laughs) Like I lived, right. I was I lived with Dustin and Lazarus for a good two months on this story. Right, like we had a third man <laughs> in our marriage. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I, I really read and ransack, find out everything that I can about where this happened, where will this, or where where is something supposed to happen, what was right. said, and so I just get really immersed in the story. I'll usually read it like five times, and I'll make notes, you know, and all these sort of things. And then after I observe it to death, right, and I feel like I know these people very well, and I go to Maps, and I'll just Google. There's this great um, resource. I think it's called Bible. Oh, boy. Let me see if I can find it here. There's a great – you can Google literally like these, these cities and see them in like real time on Google. And oh, so yeah. you can see what they look like now. And so I'll just obsess over the story then this is again this is deep study people don't have to do this i just get right. i just get really super like stoked about it um yes. so i'll go look at like the town where so i'll go find on the map like where was lazarus when he got sick and where was jesus okay how far away were they right could jesus have gotten back by the time he died why and so mm-hmm. i just get really i get the details down before i start asking the questions yeah, And so once I get all the details down around where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived, where Jesus was ministering in, what was happening and how close was this to the end for Jesus, this was near the end of his life. And so I just go through all of these questions, what stories come before Lazarus, what stories come after Lazarus, just total text obsession. <laughs> yes. And I just get it all down. I don't like to handwrite, so I just make notes on my computer. And I'll mm-hmm. just be like, okay, they were in wherever. I forget where they were, Bethel or Bethsaida or whatever. I don't I don't know the town off the top of my head. Right. And so I just make all these notes. And so then I feel like I got a good idea of what's going on with these three people and what's going on with Jesus and his disciples. And then, then I start to do the interpretation part. And that's where I bring the questions to the text. And that's when I go, why did Jesus delay? But first of all, right? So this is when I start to write down all of my questions and start to understand, because I think sometimes preachers can just take the obvious thing, like Jesus can bring dead things out of tombs. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Yep. We know that. You know, I, I believe that he it is possible, but there's a lot more going on here than just Jesus raising the dead. And mm-hmm. so when I start to ask questions, I just write them all down. And so let me actually see if I can pick up so I can give you guys an example here. I'll, I'll see if you, can, you guys edit this, right? Y'all edit. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'll take a minute here. Okay. So here's my worksheet that I did. So here's some of the observation questions. What caused Jesus to leave Jerusalem in the chapter before? Where did Jesus go? And I just come up with these myself. Myself. When when Jesus heard Lazarus sick, what did he say? When Jesus heard Lazarus was sick, what did he do? When the sisters sent word to Jesus, how did they describe him? Does that give you an idea of kind of like where I would go with it? Um, yes. And then. For the interpretation part, then I start to ask the questions. So I always look for name meanings. I will always ask like, okay what did Lazarus what did the name Lazarus mean? Um, and then oftentimes I'll just why did Jesus delay? Um, how far along was how far away was Jesus? Um, did Jesus had Jesus healed somebody from the distance before because we know he had? Right. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of it's I'm a little like all over the place with it because I kind of know how my brain works and studies now. But and so I just start and then I start doing and it, the questions. So when I bring my questions to it, my first question was, why did Jesus wait? If he loved these people so much, why did he wait? And yeah. I think it's so he, I love to read the Bible as I do not think Bible characters are a bunch of heroes. <laughs> Right. They're humans trying to have a relationship with God like we are and they mess up, they screw up. <laughs> they don't yes. they don't track, you know, and it's such a beautiful like in- invitation in when I realize like oh no, they're just as much of a hot mess as we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. These are all humans trying to understand what God is doing. And so I'm just picturing like okay, Mary and Martha are devastated. They send for help from the person that they have cooked meals for and served and all of these things, and he doesn't come. And I'm just trying to picture, like, the devastation of that, you know? And so I just try and really see it from a very human perspective. Mm-hmm. And then I go to I go to study. So I find out, like, the cultural context around – this is all in, like, the interpretation part – the cultural context. So – like, for example, like, what, what was burying the dead? What was the process of burying the dead? What did the Jews believe about burying their dead? Um, where were the dead buried? Was it always tombs? Was it, you know? And so I just start to understand, like, culturally what's going on back then. And, um, and that's, that becomes powerful because, like, when Paul says in 2 Corinthians to greet each other with a holy kiss, well, is that a command? because we're not doing that, you know, at church every yeah. Sunday morning like we're not greeting each other with kisses, but when we understand the cultural context around things, we understand that he's just telling them to be friendly.
0: <laughs> right.
2: Right? Yeah. And so it's just so instead of getting all legalistic and weird and be the kissy church, <laughs> we take what Paul, we take what Paul meant culturally, which was be kind, friendly, handshake, give hugs, like be affectionate with each other. That sort of thing. Yeah. and then and then we find that, and then i always look at so the first one is the cultural context and the second one is the literary context and that's where i look around what's going what's going on around this story because everything isn't just an isolated event especially in the gospel something preceded him and something always comes after it and so the power of that in this story is kind of towards the end but first of all We'll go back to why he delayed. So there's a couple really wild reasons that I discovered. And so oftentimes I will go to commentaries with my questions. Mm -hmm. So some people go to um, a lot of people and all the commentaries are on blueletterbible.org or a lot of the good ones are on. And that's where you pick a passage And then you read what scholars have to say about it. And so I'll give you a list here. Let me find my list of favorite commentaries or my favorite websites. I use a lot of websites now too. So here's a couple (laughs) websites for you. Blueletterbible.org. I mentioned that one. Biblehub.com. Biblehub.com is great. They'll often put up commentaries next to each other. So if I were to go like John 11, that's what I'm studying. So I go type it in and then I get – ideas and thoughts from the, from scholars who knew the original language that can bring me deeper meaning to it. Um, BibleGateway.com is a great place for commentary resources. My favorite, my favorite thing right now to go to is BibleProject.com. They also have videos on YouTube. So if I'm studying Lazarus, I would go to BibleProject.com and see if they've done any podcasts or videos on that story from John 11 so and I just go and read everything I can get my hands on (laughs) and it's so interesting that most of the time most of the scholars are agreeing on it's not like I'm off like using a bunch of weird websites that have like angel wings flapping you know (laughs) yes (laughs) I, I always tell people I'm like if you are on a website and there's like that music, that mini music. And if there's flames of fire, get out of it. <laughs> oh, funny. I, wanted, I want to, I want to learn from people who actually studied this thing for their lifetimes. Right. Right. Um, another great one for cultural context is called the world that the world may know.com that the world may know.com. There's some really cool things. there culturally, Um, that you can like learn about, for example, like how Jews buried the dead and those sorts of things. And then gotquestions.com is another great website. So I use all those websites pretty consistently. I also use a website that it's not written down right now. It's my map website. I'll have to try and find it. Um, But really, you can, you can. um, It's not Google Earth, is it? No, I mean, I'll d- go to Google okay. Earth to, like, see the Jordan River, for example, like, what it looks like right. now. But I'll g- use, like, old, like, maps, like, how it was laid out back in ancient times. Ooh, cool. Um, and so let me see if I can find it here really quick since we're just chilling. Is it worldhistory.org? Oh, I think it's bible slash Let me double check. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bible slash <laughs> history dot com. And you can look at, like ancient israel ancient documents bible archaeology you can look at like they dug up jericho you can see jericho um just really really cool sites and then they also have timelines and charts maps so yes that's it bible slash history.com you can tell i'm like starting to talk fast because i get so excited about it <laughs> uh, I but love it, um, i love it. So, <laughs> so back to Lazarus here. So yes. I, I would go to those websites and I would start to read like, why did scholars think he was late? And so there's a lot of really wild things as to why Jesus was late that are always super layered because all of these stories with Jesus are so layered. And so come to the conclusion that, and I don't even talk about this on the Flourish video because I couldn't even, I didn't even have time to get, they only gave me 20 minutes. You guys gave me an hour so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, but there's some really interesting things about the Jewish burial of the dead. There was something in that story where the Jews would bury their dead and they believed that their soul hovered over the, the body for two days until mm. the, it was and there was a potential during those two days for the soul to come back in. And so there was just kind of like their, their cultural beliefs about the dead. And so Jesus, not only did he not come and raise him from not, not only did he not come and heal him, but he left him dead for two days. And scholars believe that Jesus wanted him like dead, dead, like Mm. so that there could be a greater, and we'll get to that at the end of the story too, but a greater chance for a revelation of who he is and a greater miracle. And so, so Jesus delays. I think he comes back four days later and Mary and Martha come out to him and they're like, where were you? He wouldn't have died if you were here. And so they're bummed, and it's like you girls have been through losing a loved one, you know, like you know the grief, Mm -hmm. you know the questions, Mm -hmm. and um, they had them, and I just love that. Like I love that Mary, Martha aren't these like superhumans? They're like Jesus. What the crap? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. For real, what the crap? Like, (laughs) where were you? How could you do that to me? Where were you? It's just so real, and it's so, and it makes me just fall in love with them. Right. Because they had a real Mm -hmm. thing with Jesus. And it's just so beautiful. And Jesus, Mm -hmm. this is where we get Jesus' famous verse where he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. This is the story where he says that after Martha says, like, why were you? And he said, even now, you know, I'm going to do or your brother will rise again. That's what Jesus says. He'll rise again. And Martha's, like, totally not getting it. Like, we don't get it.
0: (laughs) And she's like, I know.
2: He'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And then he says to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. And so it's just, like, such a beautiful human story. We got a dead brother, two grieving mad sisters, (laughs) and a Jesus who doesn't show up. And it's like, if Mm. that's not the most human story, I don't know if there is more human one (laughs) in the Bible, right? And so – They go through this and and Martha calls for Mary and Mary comes out and Mary's bummed, you know. And I'm just thinking like Mary is cooked for him. She is – I mean she has loved him. She has been like a sister to him. Like they are tight and God didn't do it for her. And I just – it's just – like I say, it's just so real. (laughs) And she's so bummed that he didn't do it for her. And I can imagine, like, and this is where I always, I'm like, I am Mary, right? What would I be thinking? I'd be thinking, like, besides, like, where were you? I'd be thinking, do you know what I've done for you? You have done more for people who loved you less, you know? They're getting the miracle. And here I am stuck with a dead brother that you didn't even bother healing from afar because we know he could have and he didn't. And so it's just the beauty of immersing ourselves in in the story, in the characters, in the text, and ask the questions, why didn't he come? Well, Jesus sees her weeping. They're so upset at him and they're so bummed and they so think it's beyond hope. And for me, so this is where I start. To, I think it was you, Lauren, that asked, like, how to, like, when does it become an application? I guess I kind of yes. do all, I do all three at the same time now um, observation, right. interpretation, and application. But then I'm thinking, Mary and Martha both were upset and they still get a miracle. Which is so beautiful because how many times have I felt so guilty for being so mad at God?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Right? Like we know he's God. We know he's good. We, we know the things intellectually. But then right. we experience things in life and then mm-hmm. I feel so bad for being human yeah. about it. And this is where I just like fall in love with these people is because Jesus had something really human with them too. And he still adored mm-hmm. them. And he still came through for them. And so we keep reading through the story. And we get to like, and so at the same time, I'm reading like different what scholars are saying about why he was late. I'm reading about the burial of the dead, that he needed to be dead, dead. And I, um, and then they take Jesus to the tomb where Lazarus is. They take him to the tomb. And he. this is so wild. This is just so beautiful. Again, questions of the text. Like it says that he starts to weep. Mm -hmm. and again, my brain, I'm like, why is he crying? He's about to raise him from the dead. Like, you know, like, why is he upset about this? Like, why is he crying? It's the shortest verse in all the Bible, and it's probably, or the English Bible, and it's probably become, I think, the most telling about who Jesus is, and I think Mm -hmm. every time we come to the scriptures, we should be met with love, you know? And, and here I, now my relationship with Jesus is now getting so much validation. My humanity (laughs) isn't, the trouble I go through isn't now God frowning on me because he adored these girls, (laughs) right? Yeah. It doesn't mean God doesn't love us. And now here he is crying at the tomb. Why is he crying? And so it's so, it's so cool. And I read a bunch of stuff on it in the different commentaries and I did the word searches about it. and this is where the Bible always study makes me just fall in love more is because, and I think, I forget which scholar said it, but God's love is always now. Mm. And even though Jesus knew he was going to make it better, and even though he knew he was going to raise them, he still hurt so bad for these girls. And I was like, oh my God, like, This is just like, I am like in love with Jesus right now. You know, at first I'm mad at him that he was late. And now I'm like, like completely falling apart over this heart that stands there and cries because Mm -hmm. he will do what he's going to do. He will work things out. Sometimes we don't get our Lazarus back. And that's what I talk about in the, in the Flourish Night Party too. And sometimes we don't, and we can believe in faith that he does work all things out for good eventually. But at the same time, we don't have to not. We don't. We still get questions, and that's okay. Yeah. And we can still yeah. be upset about it, and that's okay too. And what is his response to that? Crying. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. so beautiful. Like it's just so beautiful. This isn't a god who's like, I'm going to make it all right. Better read, you know, read Romans eight twenty eight and believe it. Yeah, yeah, we know we're Christians. We know he, we know he's going to take care of things. We know we'll understand things in hindsight, but in the moment, this so sucks, and his yeah. heart is just breaking for us. And so now I'm like, you know, falling deeper into the story and deeper into love with Jesus and all these things. Mm. And so the next part is that he has this really hilarious conversation with God in like the form of a prayer. <laughs> It's like really cute. And then it says, when he has said all these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And, you know, Lazarus came out. And it closed it, – the story closes with that with that story. And um, so it's kind of a beautiful thing. Like, you know, and then I talk about at the first party, like what do we do when Lazarus doesn't come out? What do we do when the disappointment isn't helped what do we do and it's still painful so in one situation i have a jesus weeping with me in life and then in another situation i can believe for miracles in life too but neither one have anything to do with god not loving me yeah and it's just the depth of that knowledge comes to me as i study these things and then it's wild because this raising from the dead so now mary and martha get a wild miracle right? They get an incredible miracle. They get a revelation that he's the Messiah. So their minds are getting blown around this entire thing. And this is the event that propelled Jesus into his death. And so Lazarus had to die for the Pharisees to get mad enough to come after Jesus. This is one of the last things he did before he headed to Jerusalem to to die, which is another really Power and that's why the, the timeline that like you guys were saying like the now no, I guess chronological, chronological. Yeah, oh, yeah the chronological yes. like part is so important too because it says that the Pharisees start to plot to kill go re kill Lazarus wow they're yeah. so mad at this miracle Lazarus had to die to get Jesus to head to death wow and so the layers of it like the just the deep layers there's the weeping there's the raising and then there's the Jesus heading to his death because you raised somebody else to life and the the motifs and all of it on Jesus and what he did for us and does for us they're all there mm-hmm. in this really silly story about Lazarus <laughs> that we've heard since Sunday school so I don't know if that helps
1: no it helped me a lot I I didn't even know pieces of that. So thank you. I was taking lots of notes. I hope everybody oh. <laughs> listening is too. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have yeah. it recorded.
2: And there's so yeah. much more in the story too. Like I wish I could remember yeah. all the things about the Jewish burial of the dead because there's some really cool things in there. But then too, like, and I heard a pastor say one time, sometimes Jesus loves us enough and to be late and we will never understand except in hindsight why or what, but he sure isn't put off by our questions. And he's sure not put off by us being human and really, really sad about it, which is just freeze me, just freeze me to be, to be human. (laughs) Yeah. That's
0: why when you were talking and I've heard, you know, he wept, I think that's what the feeling I get too is it's just so freeing to know that he's a God who empathizes and he knows how we're feeling. And (laughs) I mean, it kind of reminds me of like you know, the parenting advice today, it's like yep. validate our kids' feelings and then, you know, and, and empathize with them and yes. let them know it's okay to feel and that it is going to be okay, but mm-hmm. it's okay to cry right now or whatever, you know?
2: Yes, yes. And I feel like
0: that's exactly what he was doing for them and for us now, so mm-hmm. I love yeah, it. That's really, it's thank you so, for walking us so, through that. Oh, for and
2: sure. For sure. It's just so fun. and It just makes, it just, I feel like it just makes me, my walk with God so rich and yeah, deep. Yeah. Versus just hearing a pastor be like, God does miracles. He raises the dead. Okay, got it. But that doesn't <laughs> speak to my soul. Yeah. <laughs> well, and <laughs> you I know? feel like too with
0: your personality because- I think that I just think it's so cool because I think we need all, all, all of us. But I am kind of more of the type where it's like, oh, you tell me God's a good God. Okay, I'll run with that. Yeah. Like that's okay, my husband. That's should... my husband. Yes. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> I, I don't need the proof. I don't need the science. I don't need <laughs> yep. the stories. I'm gonna believe in a good God. So. I just, I love this. And I think we need, we need you, Jamie. We need oh, people and we, like you. <laughs> we need
2: y'all too. My husband sometimes, I came into bed the other night at 3 a.m. Because I had been studying some obscure, oh, I had been studying why, why God tried to kill Moses. I come into bed. I'm like lit up like a light bulb. I'm so like thrilled about this whole random story. And he's like, oh my gosh, babe, like, please Stop. He's like, who cares? Who cares? Like, and I'm like, I do. Yes. <laughs> so he yeah. would totally relate with you. Half the time he's like, Jamie, I don't care how old Mark was. Yeah, It doesn't right. change the story. I'm like, but it changes it to how I read it, you know? And so it's, it yeah. is that funny. It is that fun personality difference too. Like he's it like, is. oh my gosh, please not give me one more obscure <sighs> fact.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm like I'm like married to you because my husband's super resourceful and yeah. you know can geek out on certain topics and I'm just like okay okay That's so fun uh-huh. we need uh-huh. e- we need each other we need yeah. each other yeah attract <laughs> I love that oh, they do well it, Megan
1: it's speaking it of o- attraction <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> oh, we yes. don't have t-
1: yeah it's we don't way. have too much time left but I did want to touch yes. on before we head out Jamie has is doing a couple episodes on her podcast backstage um, about sex in the Bible. So tell us what that's going to be about because I'm excited to listen.
2: Okay, yeah, this is a fun one. I already shared with you guys, I just feel like Christianity as a whole has done a huge disservice um, to sex <laughs> and it's been yeah. made to be ugly shameful guilty don't do it and then you're so in your head by the time you do do it it's just always bad always you know and I talk to more Christian women who hate sex and mm-hmm. they just hate it it's a job they do at the end of the day and when I do question and answers I get most most questions about like sex sex within you know godly you know Song of Solomon is the most sexy book
0: it's like <laughs>
2: It is. Mm-hmm. Everybody says that it's, again, back to Bible study and understanding, like, the literary context of, and the cultural context of the day. Song of Solomon is not about Jesus and his bride. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's about God and the church. Well, I don't want God climbing my, co- my palm tree and grabbing my coconuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a husband for that. <laughs> Right. I don't need. Right. I don't. I don't want. So it's a very highly sexual book, and it's about the process from this guy meeting, meeting this girl, and then all the way into marriage. And it's very cool, and and it's it's hot, <laughs> it's hot, yeah. and um and so it's just like God created this thing, and I think men too feel so much shame around it, you know, yeah. and yeah. so much like so much shame. And so we've got men feeling guilty, usually because of like porn stuff or something in the past. And we've got women who hate it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're Christians. God was the one that created sex. We should be having the best sex or we should at least be like figuring out what the purpose is. It's not just to have children, you know? And so I feel like 15 years in a marriage, I have like a little bit more authority on like, you know, sexual and different seasons of life and different things. But, um, so I'm having on, one couple who talk about, um, waiting to have sex until Uh marriage and it was horrible. (laughs) And I want to kind of debunk the thing where if you're a virgin, then you're going to have like the most amazing sex, (laughs) right? Like, like, Oh yeah. If you just stay pure, you're then it'll all be, no, it's still going to take a lot of work to figure sex out, you know? And so just you saving yourself for marriage doesn't guarantee you a good time. Yeah, and so right. they talk about their process and she had a lot of sexual trauma. And so she talks about working out th- through her sexual trauma with her, hu- uh, with her husband. And so they both shared their sides of working through that. And she mm-hmm. had never been able to orgasm before. Can I say all this on here? You guys are yeah, pretty yeah, oh, yeah, You guys are pretty real. Um, she yeah. had never been able to orgasm. She has had constant pain. And so she talks about how her, how she became like healed and whole mm-hmm. and figured herself out and figured her body out well enough and her husband was so patient and kind. Now she's like an orgasm machine. <laughs> Good for so her. So that's really I know, right? She really did the work. And so they come in. I'm having a sex a Christian sex therapist come on. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. talk about like if you we so want, cool. you know, if you want sex too much, <laughs> if you yeah. never want sex, what's what is what is a healthy sex life look like? What is it, yeah. you know, like what's what's technically cre- in Christianity like or biblically? What, what's allowed? You know, if my wife wants to, I w- we had Pastor Steve and Lisa, who they're very highly sexual couple or founding pastors. <laughs> they're very proud yeah. of their, their sex, sexual proudness with each other. And so we had them in to speak to the staff on, the married staff on just healthy sexual like relationships. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. they were saying how, like, they're having the best sex of their life, but they're also in a different season of life, you know? Yeah. Right. And so they just talked about, like, how, like, but I was asking them, I was like, well, what do you do if, like, Lisa wants to, like, tie you up? Or what if Pastor Steve wants to, like, spank you? What if, it, what if it's, <laughs> like, you know, like, something yeah. that makes one of you – because I talk to women all the time. This happens all the time. Like men want to do something and they aren't comfortable with it, uh-huh. right? And so then there becomes these weird things sexually between each other. And women are just like, oh, you're just a perv. Well, he's not. Uh-huh. He's probably not. <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. You know, if he
2: is, then there needs to there needs to be help for that, you know. Yes. But some people just do have preferences, you know. And so we're going to talk. I'm going to talk with the sex therapist about like what what, you know, what do I do if I'm not comfortable with something? What do I do, you know? Just all mm. everything surrounding it. And then I'm still trying to decide on my last sexy sexy talk on what I'm going to do. Oh, <laughs> that's decided. so awesome.
0: Yeah. So yeah. that's a little I, preview
2: for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> listeners tune in. I think that's going to be an amazing conversation. And since you do know the Bible so well, to your knowledge, I, di- I want to ask you, does it say anywhere in the Bible that uh, sex before marriage is not allowed or is it sin or
2: it says that it talks a lot about sexual immorality and how and how it's made for I think Paul talks about it let me see here mm-hmm. um there is there it are some things in there I'm trying to find out where um I know I kind of put you on the spot but oh no yeah it
0: was actually brought up to me recently that uh, somebody was saying that did you know that it actually doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that we're not supposed, or that it's a sin. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. I've never looked into that.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm trying to find it. I know it talks about sex is, is made for the marriage bed, you know? Right. I think, I think, and I know that. And I think that's in first Corinthians. Um, but I'm trying to find, trying to find those spot of, or any verses specifically about sex before marriage. Um, I off the well, topic. maybe answer that on your podcast. Oh, you know we'll, what? That's a great we'll – stay that's, tuned. <laughs> that's perfect. Yes, 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 yes. Because uh, there's tons about sexual immorality. Um, right. And so, but I'm trying to think about specifically like sex before marriage. So, yeah, I, I will do that. I'll do a little um, study.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I think a lot
2: of – I have heard that question raised a lot
0: throughout Yeah. My life just from women of like where exactly does it say that, you know,
2: so. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And then a lot of the times too I think like people get married who were were having sex before marriage and then they think they got punished for it. Mm-hmm. And then they're virgins thinking they're being punished unjustly. And it's like, no, y'all sex is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yes. complicated. Like nobody's being punished here. <laughs> right. Like, right. So like, but we have to like, especially Christians, like we should like be exploring and figuring out our God is the one that created it. You know? And I always tell the guys in our college program, I'm like, I know it's you there's so much surrounding it for y'all and guilt and stuff, but God didn't create you. And Satan walked by and put your p- penis on. Yeah. Right, you know, like yeah. God, God, did, and I know that thing's driving you crazy, and I know you're feeling like out of control, <laughs> but right. we we have to figure out what God says about it, and um, and so I'm just kind of committed to doing that. I'm I'm talking like a lot from female perspective, so I may bring on like Pastor Steven, like another male to talk about like a man's perspective. I might do something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, idea. so that's it. But, wow, I feel like I talked a ton. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry that was so. Oh, that's so we fast. Really
0: too.
2: Uh, I'm like, when I get going on the Bible too, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's more. And then there's more. And then there's more. But Hopefully <laughs> no, you just that's... even whetted people's appetite to dig in.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, you did awesome. No, Thank you so why much. We wanted, you, wanted you on because you well, have so much wisdom. So Thank you. And, and if you want to listeners- resource
2: – Oh yeah. I'll give you a resource really oh, quick a book. If you really want to get into deep Bible study, the best book I can give you to start is it's called how to read the Bible for all it's worth by Gordon fee. And so that's a great, but it's really deep. So it's like, it's deeper study stuff, but they'll break They break down how to read poetry books, how to read narratives, how to, you know, and so that's a really great starting spot for like the, the people who want to really read and ransack. <laughs>
0: I love it. Yeah, no, thank you. You gave so many good resources, and we'll put them in the show notes, listeners. Um, I was taking notes as well. Yeah. So just to refer back to, because that was all good stuff. The bibleproject.com I feel like, is swirling. It's really popular right now. It's a friend so of mine good. just texted, yeah, a video that was really cool about just the verse of loving thy neighbor, or mm. and how, yeah, it was really cool to go into detail on that one in a yeah, way they're that I amazing. Hadn't. Love yes. It. So basically, just to kind of sum things up, as we were taking notes, your kind of process in the deep study when you're reading is first observation, which you said is kind of like the who, what, when looking up the maps, which is really cool, the Bible history.com. And then the interpretation part, um, which is writing down all your questions, looking up name meanings, doing the cultural context and literary context. And then lastly, the application. So that is so, so helpful, Jamie. We wow. really
2: appreciate it. Lauren, great summary. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> you know, just a little quick notes to yes, sum it up. So and the application part, my is always just how is this story my story? How does this change mm-hmm. the way I believe? And how does this change the way that I act? And that's kind of how the questions I ask myself to self-apply it. Because I can get in my head and never apply anything. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Gosh, can't we all? Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Well, that's so cool. Um, is there anything else? Any other thing? Top things that you want to say before we pray ourselves out? <laughs> no,
2: I'm just so honored you guys had me, and I hope like as wild as it is, like I just hope it whets the appetite in people to just dig deeper and go find, go find. Don't to not be intimidated by it or scared of it, but to just dig, dig, dig. And the the riches, the riches are just out of this world. Exciting. Mm. If we can just take the time to love, love the word that God gave us. So I hope yeah. that, I hope that sparks something in everyone.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Well, uh, listeners, thanks for joining in another week and we can't wait to see you again in a couple of weeks. And as you know, Jamie, we like to close in prayer. Would yes. you want to do that for us today?
2: Absolutely. God, we thank you so much for um, this time. We thank you for your word, God. I thank you that it's alive and active and it's it works if we work it. And so I just thank you. Even now, people listening will just get an excitement for it, God, that you will, um, as they open the pages, whether it's reading Psalm 23 or digging into why God tried to kill Moses on the mountain, God, whatever it is, when we open the pages of your word, God, may you just open our hearts to learn, to receive, and ultimately to fall more in love with you and to know how loved we are by you. So I just thank you for each person. Each one of these sisters, God, and I just bless them. I just thank you so much for their hard work, God, for their earnestness and um, their love for you. And so I just thank you that as we as we go today, that we all just love your word more and in turn love you more back. And we just thank you so much that you didn't leave us alone on this earth, but that you gave us a Holy Spirit and a, and a Bible. And so with that, God, we know we can accomplish all we need to. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. You okay. girls are so great. I could talk to you forever Aww. and I-, <laughs> I could listen to you, you too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, favorite thing to talk about too. Like it's like I love I love all subjects but this is uh this is this one really gets me going. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, well I've have have a totally special gift, Yeah, so.
1: you do. I'm totally not your brain type but like for some reason when you talk about it I like Fall into your brain type. And I'm like, whoa, oh, okay, here Aww. we go. Let's
2: do this. <laughs> Let's do this. I love it. I love it. Yeah. We all need each other's, right? We really do. Yeah.
0: yeah all <laughs> sure. So true. Okay. Oh, well, well, thanks, Jamie. you are so awesome. En- so yes. Enjoy the rest of your summer oh. with your sweet boys. Thank <laughs> you so
2: much. Y'all too. I hope we talk again. Yes. Okay.
0: See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to another week of Girl I Slept in My Makeup. If you like us, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to learn more about us or get in touch with us, go to our website, girlisleptinmymakeup.com, where you'll also find links to our Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And yeah, make it a great week. God bless.